0: What is up, my dudes? Welcome to Olympia Oddities. Today, we're going to be sharing the incredibly bizarre story of David Glenn Lewis, who was a former judge and was active as an attorney in Amarillo, Texas at the time of his disappearance. David Glenn Lewis's wife discovered him missing and reported it to the police on the same day that a body with an unknown identity was discovered dead from an apparent hit-and-run accident near Moxie, Washington. It took 11 years for investigators to unravel the clues and discover the actual identity of the John Doe. This is the story of the bizarre disappearance and unsolved death of David Glenn Lewis. And when I say this one is weird, this one is all capital letters with spaces in between it.
1: Weird. Well, I was going to ask a question real quick. Do you think the people of Moxie Washington have Moxie?
0: I I would say so. I hope so. It's near the Palm Springs of Washington.
1: Do you think they're born with it? Yeah. Damn. I want to be from Moxie, Washington.
0: So David Glenn Lewis was born on December 11th, 1953. His parents were Herschel and Esther Lewis, and he was born in Borger, Texas. He attended Phillips High School, where he was the football team quarterback and graduated in 1972. He got married to a woman named Karen Garrett on July 25, 1981. After high school, he attended Texas Tech University, where he graduated magna cum laude in 1975. He received a degree in political science. He was an honor society member of his college as well. He wasn't done continuing his education, though, and he graduated from Texas Tech University of Law in 1979, he had a pretty impressive career as an attorney and had been an assistant Wheeler County attorney, a Sherman County attorney, a Moore County court at law judge, and was an instructor for Amarillo College.
1: I'm going to just tap and say that's a that's a conflict of interest. That's too many things. You're that interested in all of those No, 3rd thar- I'm sure just... that they
0: were all at different times, not like consecutively.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> he was also a member of the State Bar of Texas and the American Bar Association. He was a member of the board of CASA 69 Inc. and Moore County Child Protective Services Board and was even awarded the Outstanding Young Men of America Award in 1982. David Lewis was also a passionate volunteer and very active in his community. He was an active member of the Dumas Chamber of Commerce, Dumas Noons Lion Club, Dumas Discovery Center board member, former president of Dumas and Moore County United Way, Chairman of Safe Place, Inc., member of the First Baptist Church in Dumas, teaching the adult Sunday school class, and was active in the Sanctuary Choir and Adult Ensemble.
1: Wait, you forgot something. He was also uh, a card-carrying member of the Dumas Walker Restaurant Club. Yes. Yeah, let's all go down to Dumas Walker's.
0: He was one punch away from getting that bottle of ski. Yeah. (laughs) That is such a niche reference (laughs) that no one is going to get, but we're leaving it (laughs) in. he was an organizer and advisor of the moore county teen court was on the board of directors for the dumas county or dumas community education advisory council and was a district chairman of golden spread council of the boy scouts of america from 1986 to 1993 okay real talk. why i included all of that is because yeah dude was hella involved in his community held a lot of titles and was generally like a dude who like really had his shit together and those kind of people don't generally just randomly go missing like the way that this guy did
1: yeah like all the jokes aside that i'm cracking yeah this dude is yeah he's he seems like a very stand-up dude
0: friends of david described him as the ultimate nice guy which doesn't sound like a good thing but i'm sure that it is just some (laughs) for some reason the phrase ultimate nice guy i'm like "Mm."
1: Cause it just, you know, Fedora, my lady. But I'm sure, no, he actually was a I nice started. Hey, you want to go on see. a double date? She needs, she needs a, she needs somebody to go out with. Ah, I know somebody, but he, I don't, I don't think you want him. He's, he's like the ultimate nice guy. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the energy that
0: me. Uh, so he was the ultimate nice guy and a family man. That's why it came as such a shock when this well-known, well-respected, and very responsible man turned up missing. The events surrounding David's disappearance began on January 28, 1993. According to a Del Rio News-Herald article about his disappearance, Lewis left the law firm he worked at around noon. He had told his co-workers at the Huckner, Lara, and Swindle law firm that he was feeling ill and that he was headed home. Quick side note swindle being in a law firm name <laughs> gives me the same exact energy as that dude in centralia who's an attorney named buzzard <laughs> or i'm like which came first the occupation or the name
1: Hi, i'm honest bob want to buy a car
0: exactly <laughs> uh he made a purchase with a credit card that afternoon to purchase some gas his wife and daughter didn't see him that day before they left to go on a shopping trip in dallas David Lewis taught his government class at the Amarillo College as expected that night until 10 p.m. When Karen Lewis and their daughter arrived home on January 31st, they discovered that someone had left their videocassette recorder going and it was recording a football game. Karen assumed that her husband must have left the house to go watch the Super Bowl with friends. However, she also discovered David's watch and wedding ring left lying in the counter of the kitchen. Two freshly made turkey sandwiches were inside of the refrigerator.
1: Dude, now I want a turkey sandwich. What was on them?
0: I don't know. Did
1: he have mayo? I need need a breakdown of these sandwiches.
0: Like, how completed were they?
1: Like, was it just turkey on bread? And then he just put them shits in there? I was about to say, I would leave if it was, yeah. I mean, was he going to get more sides? What did you have in the refrigerator?
0: You think it's a sandwich-based disappearance?
1: It, it could very well be. Now we got a big plot hole. It's just two turkey sandwiches. That's pretty vague, what was on these sandwiches.
0: When David still hadn't come home on February 1st after mi- after missing two work appointments, Karen reported him missing. An investigation started up, and immediately investigators discovered that things were weird. Investigators discovered that the football game had been set to record from the beginning, but it had continued taping even after the game was over. A friend of David's claimed that she had seen him going through the Southwest Airlines terminal at the Amarillo Airport, but he hadn't had any luggage or anything with him on January 28th. A police officer also noted that they saw his red Ford Explorer parked outside of the Potter County Courts building around 10 p.m. that night. On Saturday, a deposit of $5,000 was made into the Lewis's bank account. A neighbor also recalled seeing David's red Explorer parked outside of his home on this day. A sheriff's deputy reported seeing a man that matched David Lewis's description on Sunday morning. The man had been taking pictures of a red Ford Explorer. A Dallas cab driver also came forward claiming that he had given a ride to a man that matched David's description. He had picked him up from a hotel and driven him to the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. He reported that the man seemed really nervous, and he had fumbled through a stack of $100 bills to pay his fare.
1: See, now I'm just thinking about this whole blue song. The the lyrics are like, I should have left you, babe, and gone down to Mexico. (laughs) That's that's all I'm thinking right now. He just just realized, like, this ain't the life for me. (laughs) And then he just decided, fuck it. I'm, I'm dropping everything that's that's what this is this that's what this has given me so far let's find out
0: i want to see if your theory stands if you I get wanna, more I information I wanna, yeah. <laughs> on february 2nd david lewis's red ford explorer was discovered parked in front of the potter county courts building in downtown amarillo His house and car keys had been hidden under the floor mats, and his checkbook, credit cards, and ID were all inside in their usual places. None of his personal items were missing from home, except for a pair of green sweatpants. Karen Lewis insists that her husband would never leave the house in just sweatpants. She and others who interacted with David in the days before his disappearance say that he was acting normal and was in good spirits. Karen says that he was excited about his daughter's upcoming birthday and some things that were happening in his career. Investigators discovered that David Lewis had, in fact, purchased airline tickets in his name around the time of his disappearance. Two of them, in fact. The first was purchased on January 31st and was for a flight from Dallas to Amarillo. The second was purchased on February 1st and was for a flight from Los Angeles to Dallas. After this discovery, the investigation into
1: David Lewis's disappearance was called off. This dude is making runs in the Baja and in the California, or in the Mexico. I'm just, I don't know. I still, still, I'm still, I'm, I'm still, I'm still holding. I'm still holding.
0: But unknown to anyone working the case, or Lewis's family, on the same day that his wife reported him missing from Amarillo, Texas, February 1st, David Lewis was found dead on the side of a lonely stretch of road near Yakima, Washington. Here's what we know about the circumstances surrounding his death. At around 10.30 p.m. on February 1st, 1993, passing motorists spotted a man lying on State Route 24 outside of Moxie, which is east of Yakima, the Palm Springs of Washington. The driver turned around and tried to warn other motorists, but when they arrived back on the scene of the man, they discovered that he was dead. A toxicology report done on the John Doe revealed that he wasn't intoxicated. Some people have reported a Chevy Camaro as a car fleeing the scene. Strangely, the body was dressed in camouflage, military-style clothing. What? Yeah, so when you really start breaking this down, on the day that his wife reported him missing from Texas, he was already dead in Yakima, Washington. Make that one make sense. Um, in clothes that weren't his.
1: Uh, Where did the clothes come from? Seriously. these. Two... Where did this Camaro come from? How, how did, did he get
0: there in such a sh- short span of time? I was
1: about to say that. That, how did he die? Because
0: the plane tickets he bought weren't for Yakima. No. These two incidents went completely unrelated and probably would have continued to be, if not for the tenacity and outside-the-box thinking of Pat Ditter, Veteran and patrol detective Pat Ditter had recently read a series that focuses focused on cases about missing people. The series got Pat thinking: if it can be wrong there, it can be wrong here. And he began looking at the 1993 hit-and-run. Detective Sergeant Harcum of the State Patrol Yakima office and Ditter's boss said some of the things that the series Ditter was reading focused on were long unsolved missing persons cases, the low priority given. In Given to them by law enforcement and the limitations of law enforcement missing person databases. Ditter was especially intrigued by how the series touched on the unreliability problems dealt with while using the National Crime Information Center computer hits. This got his wheels turning, and to expand the amount of missing persons cases he had access to, he decided to turn to good old Google. Pat is very computer savvy, and after reading that, he thought about doing an extensive search on Google instead. He put in details like height, weight, and took and that took him to missing persons site. Harkham said, and just under a week, Ditter had been unable to. In just under a week, Ditter had, <clears throat> had been able to do what law enforcement had been unable to do for years: compile a list of possible victims. His list included a photo of David Lewis that he found posted by the Doe Network and the Texas Department of Public Safety Missing Persons Clearinghouse.
1: Is that anything like publishers clearing You can edit that out. That was so stupid.
0: Yeah, I don't think that they give you a big check. (laughs) Ditter spotted a resemblance between David Lewis's photo and a photo of the John Doe discovered near Moxie. One very important difference was there, though. David wore glasses, and he wasn't sure if the John Doe did. Ditter consulted the evidence list of belongings found with the John Doe, and the glasses were listed. He found them after searching the camo clothing that John Doe had worn, and they were a perfect match for the ones David was wearing in his photo. From there, Ditter got in touch with the Amarillo Police Department and later forwarded to them for DNA analysis one of the hit-and-run victims' boots and a tissue sample preserved since 1993. Lewis's mother, Esther Lewis, provided DNA samples. The University of North Texas Health Science Center began doing an investigation to see if they were a match. The University of North Texas sent Ditter a fax back the next Monday, and they reported a 99.91% chance that the John Doe found near Yakima was the remains of David Lewis. The remains of the then unknown John Doe had been buried near Yakima. While John Doe's identity being revealed helped solve part of the mystery of David Lewis's disappearance, many questions remained. Had he fled his life on purpose? Was foul play involved? What was up with the plane tickets, and how the hell did he get to Yakima from Amarillo in 12 hours? Family members of Lewis believe that he was kidnapped. Lewis had no known ties to Washington State in any way, and his wife Karen feared that during his time as a judge, or even as an attorney, he could have made an enemy. Investigators have looked into several people with connections to Lewis throughout lawsuits and court cases, but never found any sort of concrete evidence or even motive or opportunity for these people to have done something to David. You ready to break it down, get into some theories and questions?
1: I actually have a theory of my own once we get to the end of these, because I don't think...
0: I mean, do you want to share it? Because I'm just going to run over some questions I have about it, pretty much, because I really don't have much of a theory on this one. Yeah,
1: uh... Yeah, I think somebody was definitely like after. Him. I think it could have most definitely been somebody that he put away that was very pissed off and decided to nab him. And I think let me see here. Yeah, the way that like the whole plane ticket thing happened and whatnot, I think that he definitely got to yak him up that, that same time. Like yeah, I think I think he got to yak him up because. I don't think he got on that plane as himself. I think somebody potentially put him on that plane uh, under a different name, and he just didn't know where he was going.
0: But he didn't have a flight to Yakima. He had a exactly
1: flight- that's what I'm saying though. But they sent his his luggage under his name to Texas.
0: Oh, to like try to like yeah, uh, and then throw sh- off the trail of exactly. where he was actually at
1: exactly like so like
0: he started doing like his leg of the journey and then like kind of like made them think that he was going to be still in texas but instead he like noped the fuck out to Washington. i like that i also think that the money that moved over to their account where he like a couple thousands of dollars got deposited before he left that also makes me think that it could have been a he left either you know um not wanting to or well i'm I, actually not wanting to i don't think that this guy would just up and leave his family he seems like a really like family exactly, guy but yeah. if he had to leave his family he seems like the kind of guy who would do something like that leave some money behind make and sure that, that they're taken care of and i feel like yeah. that kind of checks out with your theory
1: and that to me seems like because i was going to kind of talk about that too my like, only
0: thing with that is how the fuck does he end up dead on the side of the road in yakima
1: i don't know right but the the whole like leaving leaving the car with his license and checkbook and blah, blah 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 all that stuff i feel like that and the money thing was kind of a last rights thing not even last rights with the id stuff i feel like if somebody had kidnapped him if if my theory holds they had him do that they had him grab his own stuff out in case they were to you know prints and blah 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 it would still be in his fingerprints and it would be so it would look like he did this himself
0: that or i think that that could have even been if it was him that did leave that stuff there a sign to his family of like Mm -hmm. i left but i'm okay because he like left all that stuff kind of strategically in his car hidden you know there was a little bit of it, you know, If you were totally panicked, you think you would just leave that stuff out and about. You wouldn't take the time to... Ha- if you had you know, someone with a gun trying to kidnap you or something, yeah. you think you would just leave it. You wouldn't take the time to hide it. Seems a little bit more like he had time or a calmer mind state. So this just came to me when you were talking about this. Do you think it's possible that he was hitchhiking? Mm. And that's how he ended up on the side of the road. And he just, freak accident, ended up actually getting hit by like a drunk driver or something. That is the only thing I could think of because that kind of goes with your theory of fleeing you know on trying to get away from somebody that's the only thing i could think of that would put him on foot on a highway you know what i mean unless he was was kidnapped they drove him there and they dumped him out on the side of the highway i would love to know if he actually was killed by the hit and run yeah, or if it's possible that he could have killed, been killed beforehand. There wasn't anything that I read about that said anything about, like, obvious injuries or, yeah, you could, like, a bullet yeah. wound or anything that would stand out as super weird. Um, th- another thing that kind of makes me lean towards kidnapping is, uh, where did the clothes come from? I guess that Seriously. could also be if he was trying to flee and, like, wear something that is totally outside the normal. Like, but you I would don't think that think a guy wearing a all that stuff would just be stick out like a sore thumb you know what i mean like
1: they don't even have a base up and over there do they
0: i'm not the person to ask i
1: I don't don't think they do i know they have them all up and down this coast but i don't yeah i don't know about that side of the state i'm
0: sure that well they do a lot of training over in eastern washington so they definitely have like military properties over there but as far as bases go i'm not sure about that but it didn't seem like he had any like military connections at all so it's just Where did those clothes come from? What's up with the plane tickets? How did he end up on that side of the road? Mm -hmm. How did he get to Washington? This is seriously one of the single weirdest cases that I've ever heard. that I just can't wrap my mind around it.
1: No, uh, I'm having a hard time with this one, too. This is really weird. You were really not lying (laughs) at the top of this episode when you said this has got to be one of the weirdest.
0: And I don't just mean like that we've covered. I mean, like. In all of true crime, this is, like, one of the weirdest stories that I've ever heard.
1: Yeah, this one is bizarre.
0: We hope that someday David Lewis's family will get all the answers that they deserve and the closure that they need and deserve as well. Thank you for listening to another episode of Olympia Oddities. If you want to support our podcast, you can do that by leaving us a five-star review, recommending us to a friend, or following our social media pages at Olympia Oddities Podcast on Facebook or Instagram, or by heading to buy me a coffee and leaving us a tip. We're always taking submissions for episode topics to cover, so if you want to submit an idea, you can DM us or email us at olympiaoddities at gmail.com. I'm Trista, and you can follow my personal Instagram at Saloon ghost.
1: I'm Steven, you can follow me at the Ramirez.
0: And until next time, friends.